Blog Talk Radio. getting a two for today, so I'm excited. Desperate House Wishes is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one, the ultimate Wicked Witch herself, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need her products shipped overseas, check out theangrycauldron.com. Dorothy is currently selling her 2021 Home Blessing Ornaments. They are fabulous. Get them. Get them in pairs because, you know, Raina only buys balls in pairs. All right. Uh, If you are new to the show, welcome. Uh, If if you're a first-timer, it's going to be an eye-opener. This is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk, or anything I might say might upset you, this may not be the show for you. But I'm kind of hoping it is because I have, for the first time today, first-time visitor, Julia Helena Haddis, who is the author of Witchcraft Cocktails, 70 Seasonal Drinks Infused with Magic and Ritual. This book is really cool. Um, But instead of me blabbering on, I'm just going to bring her on. Hey, Julia. Hey, Raina. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So I'm thrilled that you said yes. (laughs) Thank you for saying yes. (laughs) I have to tell you, I've seen cocktail books, and I'm not specifically a drinker. My gods drink better than most people because I have (laughs) offerings of Bombay Sapphire Gin and Glenlivet on my altar at all times. Um, Everybody knows that for some reason, Raina's gods have really specific taste, and they only (laughs) accept certain things. I tried to give them wine once, and they were duly pissed and proceeded to put a film on top of my offerings, and I was like, oh, this is being rejected. I guess I better up my Mm. game. So I started improving the level of alcohol that I would put on it. Uh, And everything got rejected until I got to what I'm doing now. And they're like, oh, we like this. Keep this flowing. And I'm like, shit, only the most expensive shit. Thank you. (laughs) Of course it's the most expensive. That's some nice stuff, though. Glenlivet is wonderful. Yeah, I don't drink it. They drink it. It's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know how we got to this point. But, you know, everybody's like, well, if your gods are rejecting your offerings, you probably need to in- increase the quality. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, a little bit of Jack. It would sit there. It would sit there. Jack's not bad, right? Didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> Next level, leveling up. Okay. What else have we got? You know, so we went through Jack, Johnny Walker, Maker's Mark, and then we we suddenly had a bottle of Glenlivet in the house, and I was like, well, let me try this. It was for an occasion, you know, my spouse was having drinks with friends or whatever he was doing, and I was like, let me just get a hit of this. So now I have to buy it. Con- I mean, it's like constantly being <laughs> replenished. It's insane. I'm like, really? You couldn't bring it down a little bit more? But And it's not just any Glenlivet. It's got to be Grand Reserve or it's nothing <laughs> or better. 
well, actually, Grand Reserve are better. So they're willing to accept Grand Reserve. They they often will say, can you get us the better shit? And I'm like, really? Okay. So sometimes I have to go one level above. But these people are, well, these gods are picky. I don't know about the people. But, okay, so I have seen, because I come from people who drink, quite frankly, and I've seen cocktail books in, in, in my life, even though I don't embod very much because I'm a wuss and I fall down. <laughs> and I'm old. I should mention I'm old. This happens to be one of the most beautiful. I mean, this book is really pretty in addition yeah. to what you can make for your friends. Uh, I love how you pull out magical ingredients of what they're for, like bitters, shrubs. I mean, stuff that's used every day at the bar. Uh, Demerara sugar I always have on hand. So I wanted yes. to ask you. Right? So I wanted to ask you about... The fact that even though I don't drink, I can still apply the principles of the things I do use in this book to other things as long as I'm using these ingredients, right? Like when you have to sweeten a protection, you know, sweetening or protection spells, I can put this same sugar into a different application for my purposes, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I can talk forever about this. So if I go on, let me know. But um, part of the reason why I love this so much is because how this book came to be was in witchcraft, we often align our ingredients for, you know, herb blessings, aromatherapy, you know, candles, oils, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And why not put it into a cocktail? So you can definitely use these on several layers. I have a few spells that I, I had as a bonus, which is like um, for the Harmony healer cocktail, you can create um, a sugar jar in which you also use the same ingredients as a rim on your cocktail drinks, you know, so if you want to bring peace and harmony Ooh. to a gathering. So there's so many ways you can apply it. You can use it to inspire a mocktail, you know, just switch out the alcohol for some soda water or um, tonic yep. water or you can um, use it to inspire an incense. You can do a bath. I mean, there's just so many different ways that um, you can use it. It's just a fun little little twist from a bartender's perspective. So were you originally a bartender? Yes. Yes, that's one of the things. So, I mean, obviously, um, like many people in our craft, you know, I was searching for witchcraft my whole life, and that's how I started my journey. I actually worked. I was lucky enough to work for um, Storm, Fairy Wolf, Devin Hunter, and Chaz Bogan mm-hmm. at Mystic Dream. And I yeah. learned a lot from them. And, you know, per every other <laughs> college student or bartender out there, when I was finishing college, I tried out bartending and fell in love with it. And immediately, you know, with the craft cocktail scene, there's been um, a focus on fresh ingredients, really unique ingredients. There's all these kinds of bitters, things like celery bitters, rhubarb bitters. They're crafting syrups, you know, from a farmer's market. They might, you know, work with pepper or just all of these really different unique ingredients and these craft liqueurs and liquors are coming about. And I just immediately was like, why not make a cocktail that's aligned towards a specific intention? You know, the same way that I would make an herb herb blend. Um, so it's, def- it's from a bartending perspective. I actually worked at uh, several, you know, bars. Um, I worked at a distillery, a vodka distillery. <laughs> and 
and uh-huh. and um, as a, a manager and, and bar lead and all that. So this is just, I literally would serve some of these cocktails at one of the bars I worked at. Oh, cool. So you actually had people to practice on without them even knowing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Everyone, like just like witchcraft, um, in craft cocktail, beverages, everyone has such a different flavor palette. You know, everyone has their own preference, things they're going to like. You have to make it palatable to most people um, or make it so that way people can vary it for their own. So having people taste these is a big part of the process because I wanted something that people could kind of, I, you know, there's a lot of ideas in the book, um, and I just wanted to show a variety of what people can do, but my goal is ultimately for people to be empowered and look at this and be like, oh, I maybe I want to try gin instead of vodka because I'm a gin fan, um, or I want to switch out these other ingredients. So it's really meant to kind of be a guide so people can choose what works best for them. That's awesome. I mean, as and as somebody who doesn't drink, I love the fact that yeah, use you don't you don't have to you can apply it in other ways. It doesn't have to be specifically alcohol driven, although I have no objection to alcohol at all. It's all over <laughs> my house, obviously. Um and there are people in my home who drink and you know, I could actually you know, they always say don't don't uh when you're dealing something don't suck up your own wares, sell it to the others, make some money. So I think I would actually probably make a pretty good bartender. So I'm going to have to use <laughs> on the people that I live with. Yeah, no, because my family, my family drinks. I, it's just not for me because I have no tolerance to alcohol. So I kind of like, mm. I'm funny for 20 minutes and then I fall asleep. But I find that there are other uses for this book. Like you go into astrology you go into planetary alignments. I mean, it's not just a book about alcohol. It is a book about it. Let me correct myself. The book is about making drinks and magic. It's both, which is awesome. But there's yes. astrology in here, too. There's, there's planetary alignment in here. There's all kinds of things about creating gifts um, as far as, like, different syrups that you could make and bottle and give as, as Yule presents, which I think is beautiful. I mean, you do a lot. I don't want people to think it's, it's just a book about how to make drinks because it's not, it's a lot more than that. So don't be, don't be confused by the fact that it says witchcraft cocktails because that's just really scratching the surface of it. So, okay. So you've been working on doing all of these things. How long did you work on this? Because there's so much detail. And, I mean, the recipes are out of sight. You know, like you've got a syrup in here, like a hyssop syrup. And I'm like, I want to make that. I mean, you've got got lavender. I love lavender. There's all kinds of things in here, you know, like this grounding elixir. If anybody has some grounding Oh, please, I could totally use some grounding. And then you do these advanced things with, like, crystals and minerals. I'm like, what is she doing? What? <laughs> you, blew it out, you blew it out of the water with this book. I mean, this is really cool. But this, is, this must have taken you so much time, so much research. 
Yeah, you know, um, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through the process a little bit because it's kind of a fun story. You know, right away when cool. I started bartending, because I had, you know, the, the witchcraft experience, I was like, I wanted this to be a book. You know, I bought the domain name for the website. But, you know, I think like a, a lot of times in our lives, we just, we don't believe in our ability to make things happen, you know. And so even though I went on to yeah. bartend and craft some of these cocktails, um, I had written a little bit, but not that much. I started the blog briefly, but only had a few posts up. And um, I just, I didn't really expect it to actually become anything, even though I had that idea. So actually my publisher, Adams Media, reached out to me uh, because they found mm-hmm. my blog. I taught, I taught a work up on uh, Bloody Mary, Bloody Moon, you know, <laughs> wow. a workshop on how to make a, a, a magical Bloody Mary. Yeah, it was a good time. What was funny, though, about this workshop is that people who attended, even though it said it was a witchcraft class, they were only interested in the drinks. They didn't care about the witchcraft part. So it was just funny <laughs> that that was the... Or, uh, someone to write... A, a book uh-huh. about this subject who was a bartender and that event was how they found me they had looked it up um, and when oh. it came to be I had about let's see it was this time last year that I got the message you know like hey would you be interested in writing a book and put together a proposal and I had until um, about end of January so I had December and January to put it all together and there were a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet. It was a lot. Yeah, it was because, and, you know, part of it is I bartended for enough time and I kind of knew what I wanted it to be um, because I know a good cocktail book. You know, you look at Death and Company's cocktail books. For anyone who's not a bartender, there's some gorgeous cocktail books out there. And so I really wanted to put something together that whether someone was looking for a cocktail or maybe not, or just like a mocktail, whatever it may be, that they can work with it. So I do go, you know, into some shrubs. I have like a blackberry and cranberry shrub. And shrubs are actually directly from, you know, um, what, you know, hedge witches and, and stuff were put together in days, days ago or centuries ago, I should say. But um, mm-hmm. basically because, you know, there was no refrigeration. So they would preserve the magic of certain herbs into shrubs with vinegar, sugar, and water to be able to use and preserve the energy of the herbs throughout, you know, the year, throughout the winter and other times. So I have a few things that are just kind of, yeah, they're designed to be a guide. Yeah. Yeah, I've had no idea what a shrub was. I've never heard of it. Oh, my God. They are fabulous. I, I love shrubs um, because basically a shrub is equal parts. Um, you're going to do sugar, water, vinegar, and if you really, really want to get nuanced in it, you can curate the type of vinegar you're using. So, like, I use apple cider vinegar, but, hey, if you want to use white wine vinegar, and because you know, like, you're looking at the magical properties of grapes versus apple, like, that's uh-huh. a whole other layer the type of sugar you put into it. You can get so nuanced. There's so many sugars these days. So it's equal parts water, vinegar, sugar, and then you add in herbal ingredients. You might, um, there's different ways you can cook the water, sugar, and fruit together and then add the vinegar, or you can just, anyway, long story short, it's really simple, but you get this wonderful result that is 
um, you know, you can, it's acidic, it's sweet, so it has that natural acid to sugar ratio, and you can put it in a cocktail, you can easily put it in old fashioned, you can make a mocktail with it, you can just throw on some soda water, tonic water, you can pour some champagne, I mean, shrubs are just the best thing, because there's like a million ways that you can use them. That's great, and, and they, you said that they were created because of a lack of refrigeration. So how long would a, a shrub last? Um, so I, there's varied answers. I mean, obviously we don't want people to be keeping things that go bad. It depends on how sanitary your equipment is. Um, right. But, you know, so realistically they can last at least up until a year. You know, it's it's got vinegar oh. in there. Yeah, so you can yeah. just pop it in your refrigerator. It doesn't need to be refrigerated, but obviously if you want it to last a longer time, refrigeration is better. But like, sometimes they say, like online, like maybe three months max, but I, there's plenty of times where it will last much longer. And they're just delicious. I mean, you can use it on the fly. You don't have to wait. Like it says to wait, um, you know, in the book, you know, wait three weeks before using. But you can kind of skip that because there's a natural carbonation process that happens between the vinegar and ingredients, which anyone who's done a vinegar jar probably <laughs> knows from right. the witchcraft side of things. Um, but you can kind of sure. switch that process along by, you know, adding some, some soda water bubbles or something. Oh, that's cool. See, I didn't know any of this. That's really awesome. Because I, I, I would have assumed it's probably, I mean, does it lose any efficacy over time? It's probably still something you want to use as as soon as possible, right? Definitely energetically, you know, I think as things kind of hang out for longer, just like herbs, herbal ingredients, dried herbs don't last forever. So over time, you know, definitely it might not be quite as the same level of energy, but hey, like if you know your crystal toxicity, you know, don't put any crystal in whatever you're making, you know, without looking right. up, is this toxic? But there's ways that you can, I mean, like why not draw sigil, you know, put together a sigil and put it underneath the shrub, you know, jar, and you can stick a non-toxic crystal in and just really charge it up. And then it could be for like harmony and whenever people, or healing, and whenever people come over, you serve them this shrub-based cocktail. So it's just, there's a million ways you can do this stuff, and I think it's really powerful because when people think of, like, oh, witchcraft and craft cocktails, it might seem to some people like a newer thing, but the reality is witchcraft and cocktails have such an intertwined, or I should say witchcraft and alcohol, have such an intertwined history, you know? We already use alcohol in witchcraft for mists, for example. And just as easily, like I have some infusion examples in the book. Before, I've made like um, uh, an orange peel alcohol infusion that I then used in a blessing mist. And it just smelled wonderful. So there's just endless mm. ways that you can combine these together. And, and I know I have like some specific, like I have the blackberry shrub, the cranberry shrub. You talked a little bit about the syrups, which I'll get into, but it's really supposed to kind of give, you know, you make these and then you're like, Oh, I understand now how to create a shrub. I have this reference of herbal ingredients, some crystals. Let me try and get creative with it and make something that is more aligned towards my own specific magical intention. So it's really just supposed to kind of, um, set an example so that way people can 
create their own thing. For me, witchcraft is entirely about empowerment, you know, creating Mm -hmm. what I want for myself and my life and owning my own power. So I really want people to like look at this and get excited, but also get excited about what their own creativity, all the ways they can make a magical potion. Well, yeah. I mean, I love this book. Like, one of my favorite things in the book. See, and here's this, and I wanted to ask you about this, because as somebody who is, you know, like, like I'm curious about rosé vodka. I've never heard of it. Is that something I can make myself? Uh, you know what? Um Yes and no. So that was actually born from my time working. So I worked specifically for Hangar One Vodka here in the Bay Area. And um, oh. the distiller there, uh, the distiller at the time, she was is a female distiller, which was really, you know, kind of unique in the alcohol industry. We have a lot of male master distillers. And so Kaylee Shoemaker, the um, head distiller for Hangar One Vodka at the time, anyway, she was she's into some of this stuff as well. So it was cool. But she put together this rosé vodka, and it's a blend of rosé wine and alcohol. And obviously, it's a proprietary blend, but it's actually right. a super sippable vodka. I know that's that's one of the more specific things I put in there, but it's really, really good. Like, if anyone – it doesn't have to be hanger one vodka. Three Olives has a rosé vodka. You can try blending your own rosé and vodka together. You know, um, the hanger one one is a 30% um, – alcohol percentage so if you keep that in mind for what you're mixing you know you can you can definitely try making your own wow so you're like part chemist too i mean it's not just about witchcraft (laughs) and it's it's not well i mean because you kind of have to be don't you i mean to get you've got to know what percentage of what to put into a drink so that it doesn't taste like something it shouldn't um and i would think that to know what you can substitute and to know, you know, how to make certain things. You, you, you kind of have to be a chemist, it seems. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, and when you think of it, like, you know, it sounds like a fun thing, oh, you have to be a chemist, but the reality is, you know, chemistry is rooted in, in alchemy. So it all kind of goes back together, right? Because alchemy is yeah. the reason um, we have pot stills, which make, you know, um, alcohol, so or the, you know at least hard alcohol. So it's kind of funny you say that, but yes, very much. You play with a lot of different stuff because one thing is like you know here we are in this book. We want the energetic properties, and then I kind of look mm-hmm. at okay, what alcohols? What's it so like gin, right? The defining quality of gin, at the very least, is that at some point in its creation process, juniper is involved. Well, juniper is associated with the planet Mercury. It's associated with Jupiter. You know, it's cleansing. It's, there's just so many different things that juniper is associated with grounding, psychic abilities. And so then I might use it for working with um, the Gemini sign. Although after listening to your last astrological podcast, I need to learn some, some new astrology approaches. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that Julia is referring podcast. to. Yeah, I just wanted to tell folks Julia is referring to yesterday's episode with Jade Luna, the Asterian astrologer. If, if anybody's interested in cross-referencing which show she's talking about, because I had another show this morning before this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it does tie in, and I think if you actually incorporate some of what you heard or are learning from that book, 
I think you're going to come up with even more amazing stuff on top of your already amazing stuff. I'm so excited. I'm It'll like, I'm going to have to go book a reading. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. this whole new, and, and it makes sense because what he was talking about, I was like, you know, I've heard some of this with Western. Anyways, everyone go listen to that podcast. So what I'm saying makes sense. Um, but I was so fascinated. And so I went immediately and got his 27 stars book and looked at my birthday. And um, I don't know, maybe this is a little off topic, but here we go. Um, I saw that the, the goddess that rules the time that I was born was Persephone. And I just had this uh-huh. funny moment of like, you know, there's little witch Julia in high school who took Latin club for three years and loved the Roman gods. And we had like this Latin go. convention and I drew this artwork of Persephone. I created this, you know, um, piece of jewelry that was inspired by her and I have books like I have Persephone's Descent which is a delicious drink in this book it does require pomegranate liqueur you can easily try making your own but pomegranate liqueur is also delicious so if someone wants to make that investment it's grand but I was looking at oh Persephone rules my time that I was born and it was it was a grand moment and also my last name is Haddis and back in high school um, we had a creative writing prompt of, you know, create a story about how you got your name. So, of course, my story was about how my last name was because I was related to the god Hades, who <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Persephone is married to. So I just, or, you know, rules the underworld with. So it was just all these funny little things that came together in that moment. <laughs> you know, it's it's incredible because, you know, when when guests listen to each other, I find it amazing the things that they actually learn from listening to when they were on the show. <laughs> I just actually messaged Jade about what you're talking about so he can listen in when he gets a chance. <laughs> Cause he'll be, yes. he'll be tickled to death. He'll be tickled to death about it. Cause he's just, he's just the greatest person. I, I have been a, a fan and a friend for quite some time. He, he's really spot on. And I think he's just going to love what you're saying and, and appreciate it. So thank you so much on his behalf and mine. And, you know, well, thank you for yeah, his work. Oh, he's, he's just, uh, yeah, he's just great. Um, but the fact that you can now pursue another avenue with that is, you know, it just, it's an ever expanding thing. And I love that. So the fact that you can now make a whole new set of cocktails based on, you know, Asterian astrology, I think is just wild and cool. And I think he'd be, he'd be pretty blown away by it. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I wanted to ask you, and this is like also off topic, but so which came first, bartending or witchcraft? Oh, witchcraft. I mean, it's witchcraft. Everyone has their own. How I which Hey, Julia, you're breaking up a little bit. Are you moving around? Oh, um, no. Let me let me move to a better position. Can you hear me okay now? Okay. Yes, that's much better. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was a little witch when I was younger. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, for many of us. And I ended up, it was kind of funny, um, I freaked out my parents when I was really, like, 10 years old. I created a little altar in my closet to all these deities I had made up. 
you know, all these little silly things. But I didn't find um, witchcraft until I was older, and it just it all kind of came together. So witchcraft was first, per yeah. a lot of other witches. You know, I was called to it most of my life, and then I found it, and I was really lucky to study under, you know, all the the owners of the Mystic Dream, Chaz, Devin, Storm, and Chaz especially um, with his herb mixes. He's just stellar. His book, The Keys of Conjure, everyone should check out. He's um, amazing with, you know, mixing different herbal ingredients. So that's a key part of, of how it came together. But, yeah, the way came first. Okay. I was just curious. You never know how these things come together. So you'd already had the calling for witchcraft before? Like, did it happen in high school, college? Uh, when it was did high it, school. When did it, come it, to? it was high school. Cool. I was just curious. Just curious. But I love the fact that you've, like, <laughs> taken a direction. Your direction is really unique, though, because, you know, a lot of folks go into something and, you know, they add things or they take away things. But you, like, really honed into this kind of unique area of, of mixing witchcraft and, and specific cocktails and designing them for specific times and for specific reasons. I mean, it's just a really fantastic book. But I wonder how Thank much you. trial and error you had to go through to arrive at some of these <laughs> things. What's What's your pro- so yeah? I'm going to ask you the old process question because I'm nosy and I want to know. <laughs> so like what? Like what do you like? Do you have something in mind and then you're like, okay, I want to see if this will work. And is it one thing or is it like do you automatically have a vision of a drink and you want to go for that or do you go by ingredient first and you try to figure out how to make that? like a shrub or an herb mixture or whatever it is that you have to create to make the drink. Tell me, tell me what it takes to, to actually create and build one of these things. Absolutely. So what's kind of fun about it is the answer in simplicity is yes to all of those above methods. It's a bit of everything. So sometimes I do, I'm like, okay, I want to, for example, create a cocktail for Persephone. Okay, immediately pomegranate, right? So, and then I'll look up some other inspiration, or it might be, oh, I want to create a drink that's, or, you know, cocktail or mocktail that's inspired by this moon, which I'm doing in my blog, you know, trying to align drinks and crystals for each, you know, moon uh, that we're going through. But um, sometimes it's also, you know, like an old-fashioned has inherent magic in it, right? So we're going to look at bourbon or whiskey. It's made from a grain mash. Um, That grain might sometimes be more rye-based, more barley-based. Bourbon has to have at least 52% corn involved in the process. Then this is infused or, you know, aged in oak barrels. And oak is just a super magical ingredient. So already something like bourbon or whiskey in itself, beyond the fact that it follows such a history of time, you know, you think of the fermentation process of beer, and beer used to be a super religious practice, you arrive to a single alcohol like bourbon, and it's already super magical. And so every drink that's out there, alcoholic or not, has already magical alignment or ideas to it so sometimes it can be something as simple as you know what I'm really feeling called to these different ingredients let me taste it let me see how it is and um, going from there but it's it is particularly 
stronger, I would say, when you come from the perspective of, okay, I'm looking for this, this kind of energy, or I'm trying to align it to this deity. Let me see how it comes together. And that way it's more specifically aligned, a little more fine tuned, but sometimes it is also a visual thing. Like I'll say, Oh, I want to craft a cocktail for you. Well, I'm seeing, you know, the steep red berry drink with, you know, champagne bubbles on top. So it's Mm. a bit of everything. Mm -hmm. There, there is a process of, um, you know, I love craft cocktails, but I am not a huge drinker, you know, like I am one or two drinks and I'm good usually. So part of the process of how I create them is I usually kind of half the amount of ingredients I'm using. So typically an alcoholic drink might have, um, you know, an ounce and a half to two ounces of alcohol. So when I'm testing them, I'll do three-fourths ounce or a full Mm -hmm. ounce instead, and, um, you know, whatever doesn't work out, I leave as an offering. Oh, good. Oh, that's smart. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, no, that's great. So it's not wasted in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no. I mean, you can do just like, yeah, I usually, and even if if it works out and it tastes great and I don't feel like drinking, well, I'm going to, you know, this drink is aligned towards Aphrodite. So I'm going to put this in her glass on my altar. So, yeah. And then, and then I align the ingredients of the cocktail towards the, you know, herbs that I'm putting on my candle or what incense I'm burning. So there's just, it's really exciting. (laughs) No, that's so cool. So let me ask you this. (laughs) How often do you come up with one that's just like, oh, it was great in theory, but this shit is not happening? (laughs) You know what? That's a large part of the process because you can have all the grand ideas in the world, but um, there is a certain things don't work together and certain things do. So um, I'll bet I'm a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, I need it to be a certain a certain quality, and also because I know like, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth, so I want to make something that's just in the middle for people or give them a way that they can make it more suitable to their preferences if they're not a big fan of, of sugar. You know, they can switch that acid-to-sugar ratio. So there's a lot of, basically, you know, 50% that may not taste as great. But, um, you know, when you've done it long enough, you know kind of what to put together and how to put it together and you don't end up being as wasteful. But the reality is not everything is going to taste <laughs> taste good. No, I know, and it's a lot like cooking, you know. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily mix fennel with um, something super delicate. Like, I wouldn't – I personally would not mix fennel with, like, fish, although some people do. It's just not for me. It's kind of not something my family goes for because licorice flavors are not our thing. So I guess it's kind of like that. You know what works together for you um, through trial and error, it sounds like, which is cool. I mean, I'm glad you're doing the experimenting because I can't afford all this booze, honey. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, but it is a lot, cool. you know. <laughs> It is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, and yeah, it's an investment. I mean, you're doing a lot of investing to make this book happen, I can only imagine, because, I mean, you've got lots of, I mean, 70s, a lot of recipes, I'm just saying. Um, and, and, you know, it takes all different types of alcohol. It's not like you specifically 
focused on vodka or gin, you know, it's like you've incorporated pretty much everything. And uh, this is not a cheap hobby. So it's kind of like a life's work, I guess. It's really awesome, though, because you've got stuff that's really super simple, and you've got stuff that's a lot, a lot more complicated. And complication scares me because I'm not really good at measuring proportions. <laughs> it's not one of my skills. But like you, you, because a lot of I've seen a lot of recipes that that specifically say one part this, six parts that. One part this, one part this, two parts this. You get very specific. It's like, no, 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 boo-boo. You use one ounce of gin. You use two ounces of this. You use one ounce of that. So thank you for not leaving it to my imagination because my imagination cannot be controlled. (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, behind the bar, at least in the U.S., on the U.S., we use ounces, um, and, you know, I had this whole thing of struggling, you know, because my publisher needs to use, you know, a different system, and so they'd have things like mm-hmm. tablespoons in there, and I had to be, like, you know, aligning myself, but, yeah, you know, it is it is specific just because I think with cocktails as compared to something like baking or cooking, um, the ratio makes a huge difference as to... Mm-hmm what ends up coming out. You know, you can't vary something a little bit and then it will taste exactly the same. So they are very specific, but I apologize if you can hear this is phone ringing behind me. But the idea is to, you know, I'll walk you through one of the cocktails here. So you mentioned the, call it, um, I, call, I originally named it Mercurial Mixture, but I think they switched it to Mercurial Grounding Elixir. Let me find that yeah. here. Oh, I love um, this I one. I don't know if you... Again. I have the book in my hand. I don't know. Oh, lovely. Mercurial. Yes. So the backstory behind this one, this is one of my favorite ones in the book. Um, This was actually a cocktail that I crafted for PantheaCon when it was still around. And for the Bella Luna Coven, I was bartending for them because I was like, you know, Mercury Retrograde was happening at this time. Then we have all of these witches and pagans and occultists in this one huge um, hotel and for this wonderful convention. And I wanted to offer a cocktail that was, you know, helping people be grounded, but still in alignment with their psychic, you know, abilities, because we're all doing magical things. So that's how the mercurial grounding elixir came about was, you know, aligned towards mercury and these other energies. But the idea is that like, I list very specific things, but hey, if it doesn't work for someone switch it out. So like I have five mint leaves, in this mercurial grounding elixir, it is uh-huh. one and a half tablespoons of lavender chamomile syrup. Now, if someone can make lavender chamomile syrup, please do. It yeah. is delicious. Lavender and chamomile, oh. you cannot go wrong with those two. And you can, quite frankly, use um, a tea. Like, if you don't, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't have this ingredient in a fresh yeah. or, you know, or herbal container. I have chamomile tea though. Right. Let me use that. Or I have lavender tea. So improvise. Don't, don't feel so stuck by what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, and syrup's really easy to be quite frank to a little bit of a tangent, but um, behind the Go. bar, what Go. we tend to do for syrup is a one-to-one ratio of sugar to water. And obviously you're going to use hot water, I've had someone ask me before, oh, aren't you supposed to do it on a stove? Behind the bar, we don't do that. And there's a few reasons. One, 
you're moving quickly behind the bar. If you need to make simple syrup, you need to make it fast. You don't have time to pull out a hot plate, pull out a pan, and thank God, right. because if I had to do that, I, prob- I probably wouldn't make <laughs> simple syrup. But also because <laughs> you make simple syrup this way, what ends up happening is, you know, more, um, you don't control the, the sugar content as much of the syrup because some of it is going, you know, the water will evaporate. So you get right. a better consistency with the one-to-one ratio. When you're bartending, every cocktail needs to taste the same. You know, if someone gets an old-fashioned from you once they like, you need to be able to recreate it. So right. what I do with syrups, half of what I do is kind of like making a tea. You know, you, you get, I set my electric tea kettle on. I grab my herb yeah. blend that I'm working with. Maybe it's a tea. Maybe it's a mixture of stuff. I think of the energetic properties. I pour the amount of water over it, the hot water, let it steep for five minutes, just like I would a tea, and then I mix in yeah. whatever magical sugar I'm using. And it's really that simple. Um, so it's not – people get like, oh, syrups, but, you know, it's really easy. And this way you can have so much fun with what you make. But, yeah, going back to the cocktail, the lavender chamomile syrup, delicious. But, hey yeah. – you want to? You don't have lavender chamomile? Try something else. You can use a store-bought simple syrup. Whatever works for you. Then we have one ounce of lemon juice. You know, lemon yep. moon purification, really good for joy, friendship, but a nice, you know, purifying citrus ingredient here. And um, yeah. you know, you can, if you don't like as sweet drinks, you can use a little bit of less sugar, a little more acid, whatever it may be. We have an ounce and a half yeah. of gin, which we talked about before, for why I'm using yep, mercury yeah. and, and all that. And then yep. tonic water. And you can look at this and say, I don't have some of these things. Maybe I want to do vodka instead of gin. Maybe I want to go a little bit left field and try bourbon. You can do that, too. I won't guarantee it will taste good, but right. by all means, <laughs> switch it out. And then it's yeah. really simple to, to turn this into a mocktail. I, I put a note about it in my book. I wish I, if I had longer than the two months that I did, I would have created a specific, you know, mocktail recipe for everything. But the reality is, is how I would switch this into a mocktail is I would just take out the gin. There's already tonic water in here, you know, and this tastes okay. pretty good Please. without the gin. Please explain to me tonic water. I have been, okay, my father would drink gin and tonic. My son drinks gin and tonic. My husband's been known to drink gin and tonic. I get near tonic water and I want to die. It's not for me. What are the properties of tonic water? Talk me into this because that's always in my house. Yes. So the thing with tonic water is um, it, it has this, – this is something maybe for a future book I will do. But the reality okay. is is that how tonic water actually came about was um, there was actually a mixture of several herb blends. So it was supposed to be a tonic, just like everything else in, in alcohol. Honestly, a lot of recipes for alcoholic bitters were actually made by, like, monks or, you know, for spiritual reasons, and then it became not so, um, at least in a different way, spiritual. But um, so it originally had all of these different herbal ingredients. And in a future book, you know, I'm going to do a little recipe for uh, something like this, because the original gin and tonic would have been – 
Julia, can you repeat all that? Because you just broke up again. So if you can go back oh. to what, the beginning of your sentence. Sorry. Oh, yeah, totally fine. I'm so sorry. I, I guess where I am has a no, little bit fine. of an iffy connection. But, um, yeah, you're so good. the tonic water, it would have been, a gin and tonic would have been gin. It would have been a little bit of the tonic syrup um, that was cracked down and, and soda water. That's how we do craft cocktail bars. However, for some reason, was used, you know, for cocktails originally had a totally different thing um, in the stores, which, you know, it's, it's tonic water is a very bitter. Um, yes. It has, it's, it's not quite, you know, the same. It's, it does balance better with gin, I will say. There's certain situations that I would not use tonic water, but it just okay. goes well. But it has quinine, mm-hmm. and I might be mispronouncing that, so forgive me. It has quinine in it. No, it is quinine. And it is quinine water, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is more, in this case, I'm, I'm using it to, to balance the, the taste of gin, but I wouldn't oh. necessarily, okay. you know, say it's any more magical than soda water, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I would, my, my tendency with your stuff would be to substitute like, depending on the other flavors, like a mandarin seltzer or just some other kind of soda water. And I just wanted to make sure I wasn't ruining it if I was using like a regular seltzer instead of, or a regular soda water instead of the tonic water. Oh, yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing is definitely switch it out. I should say tonic water has, uh, you're going to forgive me, my pronunciation of things can be really terrible, and I don't always talk about this stuff, but it has, you know, chicana chips in there, um, and there are, you know, things with this particular part um, that, that could add magical to it, you know, protection and things like that. But the reality is, is Definitely orange seltzer. Definitely orange seltzer. There's no reason why you couldn't. Um, you know, this is cool. the stuff that I've done at home that I know will taste good. But I would love, you know, people are doing something with water with tea. Yeah, by all means. Yeah, you're you're blurbing up again. I'm so sorry. You're you're getting a little garbled again. But and we're gonna rebook you because this isn't fair to you or the audience. So Hi. we're we're gonna rebook you. No, you're good. But um but while we're still talking about this, so going back to the mercurial grounding elixir, which is where we still were. So the last ingredient um, after the tonic water is the, the mint for garnish, and that's great. But then the, you added something else at the bottom of the page, and you added hematite um, as something to use while drinking this. And I thought that was really fascinating that you went ahead and incorporated, you know, uh, a, a gem. And I was wondering yeah. why you did that. Exactly. So, you know, what's funny, uh, the background behind this is, is when I originally put together the proposal for this book, I was going to have each cocktail have several alignments. So, like, for example, mercurial mixture, aligned towards the planet Mercury. Maybe I would say what moon, 
like the Gemini full moon, this might be best at, uh-huh. um, maybe a tarot card, crystal. I was going to put all of these magical associations and then thank God for my publisher. They're fabulous. But they were like, you know, this might be overwhelming for people. So why don't you choose one thing per drink? <laughs> so um, that's how that happened. We ended up with the, the crystal and the tarot card, you know, one per um, and you can definitely yeah. switch it out, but I'm actually a certified crystal healer in addition to another myriad of things due to oh. probably having ADHD, but <laughs> I do a lot of stuff. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Um, I love that. Because, I, you know, I did not yeah. know that you were a crystal healer on top of it. When did you add that into your into your repertoire? You, you've got a lot of things going on, lady. I'm just saying. I do. You know, I think anyone who lives in, you know, an expensive city like the Bay Area, you end up spending most of your life, like, doing three different jobs or things at the same time. So, you know, I was doing my crystal healing certification while I was at the Mystic Dream, um, you know, and I'm also, like, a shamanic practitioner of a very particular tradition. Obviously, we need to be careful of those kinds of things, but this is an open tradition, Um, as well as, you know, mirage of things. So that's kind of what I pull into this is from a lot of different backgrounds of my experience. And, um, yeah, so that is the crystal healing happened while working at the Mystic Dream. (laughs) No, that's brilliant. Actually, those folks are fantastic. Everybody check out the Mystic Dream online, um, which is what they're doing. They're doing it online now, which is great because it gives lots of folks more access um, and, and those folks are fantastic. Um, and I also just wanted to say for the purists that are listening, this is not just about, you know, magical cocktails in the, in the sense of it's not just unique combinations. Julia also addresses in the book, you know, some of the real basics like a Manhattan, a margarita, a martini, a mint julep, you know, like you also pull in the stuff that people are very familiar with and I think that's really great that you did that too because for some people that's their that's their starting off point because it's a drink they're familiar with absolutely and I'm glad that you mentioned that because part of my qualm with coming from this I won't lie to you um craft cocktail bartenders can be a bit of bar snobs and so I'm yeah. like, how do I appeal? <laughs> how can I appeal to the wide variety of, you know, there might be people who read this who are a beginner witch and a beginner, uh, they don't, not, don't know how to mix any basic drink beyond vodka soda. Or someone might come in who's an experienced witch and knows a lot about cocktails. So I try to like cover examples from a, a wide variety of things so people could kind of find something that works for them and and go from there. So my idea was to make it as palatable as possible to a wide variety of, of, of drinkers and witchcraft practitioners. I think you really accomplished it because, you know, for like a wussy girl like me, I know I like the flavor of a mojito. I've had a mojito. I've had more than one mojito. So, therefore, that's something that I can go to and say, oh, here's how I can make it myself, and then go back and reference all of the things as far as what the magical properties are. And it just I think it's like a good way to get people more, you know, like I saw Tom Collins and I almost started to cry because, you know, 
my mother was into having a Tom Collins or a whiskey sour, and it felt really familiar, you know, because I'm of a certain age. So, I mean, it was, it was, it's new and it's different, but there's also the comfort factor in the book of things that are very, very familiar. So I really wanted to tell you how much I appreciated the fact that you did that. I think that was important. Thank you. That means a lot. Yes. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. No, it was because it, you want, I mean, as somebody who doesn't really mix drinks or drink as a rule, for me to find something that, that I can understand and relate to um, eases me into wanting to try all these other things. Like, even if I'm not drinking it, like, I now how, know how to make certain things for my spouse or my adult children, you know, who like to drink. So it's kind of given me a knowledge base where I feel like I can create a magical atmosphere and give them something they'll really enjoy. And I love the gift aspect of the book as far as all the other things you can do. Like I said, it's not just about mixing a drink and putting it in front of somebody or mixing a drink and drinking it yourself for whatever intention. There's things in here you can make to give as gifts. These syrups, listen, I mean, if, if you have the wherewithal to make these syrups and give them as a gift, they have multiple purposes. They have magical properties. And there you go. You knock off some gifts off your list. And I think it's brilliant. I think this book is for pretty much anybody who drinks anything or anybody who entertains. Um, it's a great gift book, period, in and of itself. I think it works for, you know, Yule is coming. You know, what do you get for folks? This is a, a really unique book. And I, I really want to recommend it. So, you know, we're down to like, five minutes <laughs> tell, people, <laughs> tell people what you're working on tell people where they can get this book and uh, are you doing any appearances anywhere do you have anything lined up for 2021 where we might actually hopefully if there's a vaccination get to see people <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that yeah I'm <laughs> yeah so as far as as what I'm working on right now. Um, right now my focus is I'm, I'm trying to put together another book. We'll see if it happens um, to be able to cover some of the things that I didn't get the chance to cover in this book due to time constraints. But I, on witchcraftcocktails.com, it's literally witchcraftcocktails.com. I was lucky enough to, you know, like I said, snag that when I did. Um, I have, yeah. you know, ongoing recipes for each moon, for different holidays, I do matching crystals and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm doing regular recipes on witchcraftcocktails.com. And there's links to my various social media there, like Instagram, where I do, you know, videos of how to make it and, and Facebook and whatnot. As far as where yep. to catch me for 2021, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I hope that there will be some way that I can bartend for people because that's what I love to do. There is nothing better than bartending for a bunch of witches. I, I my favorite thing. So, um, and, and mocktails and cocktails and the like. So I'm hoping that that vaccine comes along so I can, you know, make magical drinks for everyone. That would just be a dream. <laughs> so what have you been doing, you know, during, in the last couple of minutes that we have, like, what have you been doing in lieu of like doing in person things i mean is is facebook 
Are you doing a regular Facebook thing? Are you doing, like, are they weekly? Tell folks how often you're out there so they can find you. Oh, absolutely. So I am trying to put together a little bar, basic bartending class for witches. So hopefully that will come out soon. Um, on Instagram is typically where I'm at. I want to, I need to figure out this, the tech thing is an adjustment, just a teeny bit, you know. Um, so I am on Instagram a lot. I'm trying to do regular live videos, you know, once a week on Instagram. I have um, video demos. There's like Instagram came out with a new feature called Reels, which is based off of TikTok. So I have little videos of how to make stuff. Oh. But I do, I'm trying to do weekly classes, um, little talks of, of what I've put on my blog and maybe some stuff from the book. Honestly, people can message me. I hate to be so Instagram focused, but it's just limited amount of time and space and I'm learning how to manage all of it. People message me all the time. So if someone has a question about like, hey, I want to try mixing this and this, please message me. You know, I'm happy to answer those questions. And hopefully I'll put together um, a little group on Facebook where people, you know, we can do a weekly happy hour and um, kind yes. of people can share what they're messing around with. So that's what I'm looking towards. But right now it's, it's mainly on Instagram at the moment. That's incredible. You are so delightful. I have so enjoyed this hour with you. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, again, <laughs> the book is Witchcraft Cocktails, 70 Seasonal Drinks Infused with Magic and Ritual. The author is Julia Helena Haddis. You are a delight. I love this book. Please check it out. Check out www. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Check out witchcraftcocktailsalloneword.com. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of you on Facebook and Instagram, Julia. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I had a blast. And uh, I'll talk to you in a few minutes. I'll I'll hit you up in a minute, okay? (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Raina. It was wonderful. Bye-bye. Oh, I had a blast. I'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody. (laughs) I will be back next Thursday, yes, Thursday for the 415, Star Bustamante and myself, Friday, First Friday Politics with Tells and Govannon. I've got shows, oh, I've got uh, Matt Oren returns on Saturday, and Thorne Mooney is on Sunday, so it's another four-episode week. I will see you, I will see you all then. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.